Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Miles, we are thrilled blessed, fortunate to be joined in our third seat by one of the very kings of culture himself. He is an award-winning podcast host, a writer, producer, actor, voice artist, and even though it's not one of his written credits, he is one of my favorite singers. He is the brilliant and talented Jaquees Neal! It's so rare condition. This day and age to read any good news on the Jockey's Neil page. Yeah. Love and tradition of the grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find. Well, Woo. then there must be some special glue inside these Jockey's walls. Because all I see is the power of dreams. Real love bursting out of Jockey seams. Days go by Jockeys is his name And this is the side game. What up, niggas? Oh, hello. 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 Oh, oh. Gotta get you with that Family Matters. Gotta get you. You know what I'm saying. The Steve Urkel show is what we called it back in the day. Yeah, Steve Urkel. What's up, everybody? It was the Urkel show. It was yeah, the Urkel show. It wasn't Urkel? even. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. Yo, man. I got to get back to the crib. Urkel coming on, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you imagine how those other actors felt? Like, nigga, I'm on the show, too. And, like... Isn't Darius McCrary <laughs> dating someone famous now? Who? Darius McCrary. Exactly. Thank oh, you. oh, oh, Eddie Winslow. Eddie, Eddie Winslow. Winslow. He is. I forget. I saw. I saw in the news. He was. He was dating somebody. He he got to come up, man. Good for Eddie, man. Good for Eddie Winslow. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like he's always finding ways to stay in the news. Or people are always evoking Darius McCrary. So I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, I'm glad I heard his name again. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Eddie Winslow. Right. I also want to say, you know, I just realized something. Uh, you know, whenever I, you know, lately when I've been coming on, I always do the little songs and shit. Also, shout out to uh, DB at Black Knight. 115 coming through with the idea for the Family Matters theme song. Whenever I come on, you know, I always start by saying, what's up, niggas? How y'all doing? And I want mm-hmm. I want to be clear because I feel like, you know, I'm not clear that I'm only talking to black people when I say that. Right. I haven't greeted any <laughs> white people, people to come on up to you show. on the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jaquise, I think I you were agree- referring to me on that one podcast intro. Nah, man, I'm, t- I'm talking to only black people. I've never spoken to white people on this show. I've only spoken to 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 your black <laughs> listeners. So let me yeah. let me let me introduce myself to your white listeners. Hello everyone. Hello. There you all go. my friends out there. Oh, hi the Caucasian race. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing Jack O'Brien? Hi. I hope I'm you guys good. are having a wonderful day. I hope it's a beautiful oh, day for y'all. Yeah. I was starting to feel left out. Well, not anymore, man. I'm speaking to you now, man. I'm speaking to everybody. I'm speaking to everybody now. 
You should see uh, my text messages on the past episodes when Jack would be talking. Jaquise is like, I don't remember asking him a fucking thing. Why <laughs> I don't remember. It. Who was that man? I didn't. I wasn't talking to Jack. <laughs> you asked me to come on and talk to you, Miles. Yeah. You're like, why do you let that white guy talk so much on your show? <laughs> don't get it. Don't oh, get it. Shit. I don't like it. But you know what? It's a new leaf. It's 2021. You know, it's my end of year resolution <laughs> to start talking to all the white, all the white listeners. Hey, better late than never. Yes. Yes. Mm. Well, we we appreciate it. You know, it is important oh, that you. we f- we feel included. You know, <laughs> thank you. You are you uh, are included, man. man. You're important. White people, you're important oh, too. Uh, don't let anybody finally tell you someone's you are seen. <laughs> white people, you are seen. <laughs> you're seen, seen white folks. You're seen, and we love you. We might get to the 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 Urkel thing. Made me. Uh, I was thinking of that just this morning because Ridley Scott was like making statements about how about superhero movies we might get to it a little later on but he referred yeah. to Blade Runner as Harrison Ford he was like yeah no I made some I made some great superheroes Alien with Sigourney yes. Weaver one would be fucking Gladiator and one uh-huh. would be Harrison Ford Oh, like, love it! Love it! Yeah, uh-huh. why not? They why had not? to be He's like put in practice like, in he, yeah. Blade Runner, but <laughs> he sounds like a black elder when you're just going off <laughs> right. of just reducing it to like the person. Yeah, yeah. you're watching Harrison Ford yeah. again. Okay, yeah. Hey, I wish I was. Oh, this is Harrison Ford. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Harrison Ford you watching? The it. one with the hat or the one in space? You talking about Indiana Jones or Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one with Billy shit. D or the one without Billy D? <laughs> the one with or without Billy? No, I don't watch that one, man. I don't watch that one. I don't nah, watch that. Many snakes Ford. in that one. I'm not fucking with all those snakes. <laughs> There's one guy that wrote that song and Step by Step, and I think Full House. Yeah, and he's yeah, like a music man. teacher in Connecticut now. He did Perfect Strangers too, didn't he? I think so. I just think of him like, what was his yeah. career like? A failed like blues singer, and he's like, "Fuck, you want me to make a theme song? Fine." <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> and they're like, "Holy shit, man! What the fuck?" Yeah, he <laughs> just sat down and appeared like, "Fine, fuck it." <laughs> it's a recognition, and you're like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Okay, it's like oh, we figured it out. You can't quite chart on the radio theme music. You fucking nailed it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That so by Choco. That dude. That dude was like an auteur. Of like, there's no reason that those songs should have all sounded the same. But yeah, no. they were just like, yeah, this is gonna that's sound what I'm like this dude had it locked. That's unbelievable. It locked. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't even care they sounded the same. We was like, nah, those are different songs, <laughs> right. and they all yeah, the same exactly. fucking song. Same, all the same yeah. song. <laughs> he did step by step too. I think wow. Jesse Frederick. Did you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Jesse Frederick. Love it. Perfect Maybe Strangers. Maybe Uncle Love It. Valerie. He did Valerie. Full House. Family <laughs> Matters. Valerie and Valerie's family. Hey, did the spinoff too. You know Oof. What I mean? Love him. Love that for him. Yeah. I wonder if Uncle Jesse, the musical uncle on Full House, was named for him. Oh, maybe. A question that has never been asked, but we'll we got we'll, we to We got to get him on the show. I've yeah, always had absolutely. this dream, like since at every place I've worked, I'm always like, we got to talk about Jesse Frederick, the most underrated musician of all time who gave us these theme songs. And I remember looking for him. I found out that I think he lives in like Massachusetts or something based off a YouTube comment that said that this guy was his like music teacher. So, wow. Look, if y'all know Jesse Frederick, 
Tell them what Zeitgeist, the Daily Zeitgeist is looking for him. Yeah. Tell them. We need him. Tell them I want to meet him, too. I want to meet him, too. Absolutely, man. That would be just, amazing. Just to riff with him. I'll yeah. sing a song oh, with him. Man, he's probably got a bunch of, like, students. Hey, Jaquise, like... why don't you try this one on? <laughs> It starts the same fucking way as every other song. Yeah. Okay, okay, I get it. All right, all right. I, that's fair enough. That's out a little bit as days go yeah. by. How about this one? Do 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 Step by step. That's slower. Like, <laughs> okay, well, all right, fuck. All, all right, right Jesse, yeah. You know what? I, I, you know, this song. Oh, he's on Twitter. I'd be willing to have one of his uh, students on just to like hear what he's like in class. That that would be. Oh, you know, that would be dope. Right? Like, does he just that would be dope? Rock with that information, like from he has a lot it, of hot takes on Tupac. Uh oh, a lot no, of hot takes. Jesse Frederick. <laughs> oh shit! I was about to say, don't ruin this for me, Miles. Don't ruin this for me. Well, uh, re-record the whole song. Re-record the whole top. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not even like a problematic way. He's just like, yo, he's more energy. Oh, he he's just, more energy if you're going by MCs. It's not by lyrics, though. It's not bars. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, Jay Frederick. Damn. <laughs> okay. All right. Bad opinions, but not, you know, problematic. America's <laughs> Uncle Jesse, though. Shout out to that man. Caitlin, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Oh, uh, the, the last couple of things I was Googling, Lycoris, who was a Greek mime in ancient Rome, who was also a courtesan, so for the podcast. And then also parts for a 1987 Nissan that I guess I'm responsible for. So <laughs> that's been a journey. But, uh, well, yeah, wait, who's Lycoris? You said Lycoris is the name? Yeah, like chorus, uh, which I don't, I haven't talked to. I'm not confident that's how you pronounce it, but like sure. she's, yeah, she was awesome. She was born sort of the the end of the Republic. She was a lover to Mark Anthony, okay. sort of, you know, when he before was before he was a J Lo. Oh, yeah, that so, you Mark know, Anthony. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, no, no not the <laughs> Sorry. say that'd be great, but no, 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 no it's great. <laughs> so she's, um, yeah, and, and she sort of rose to prominence and was like treated as like a respectable woman, and Cicero had a problem with it, and. Mm. told her to shut her whore mouth and mark anthony was like you know i've done what i can and she disappeared from history so wow that's her story so oh, cicero was like we don't want somebody with some we don't need sex positivity in her yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't be you can't be forcing my wife to meet this woman at parties and stuff you got to keep her where the sluts live you know right. that's those are the rules <laughs> what was the wait so in back in those times was it you know, what was sort of the hierarchy? Like, was it, is it a completely impossible feat for her to get to that place or? Yeah, that, it, that's interesting. You know, so it, Rome is you know, like way more patriarchal and like misogynistic than ancient Greece, right? Mm -hmm. So in ancient Greece, you know, priestess prostitutes or like goddesses that serve, or, you know, like uh, priestesses that serve the goddess through sacred sex and something that we would sort of recognize as like high end, you know, like, high art performance sex work mm -hmm. that is still happening today, right? So we, those people had social power and there were like temples and systems and like places carved out. So like Phryne is an ancient Greek courtesan who was tried for blasphemy because she got like uppity or whatever. And she bared her breasts to the, the jury and basically said <gasps> like, my, you know, my tits are divine and fight me if you disagree. And she won, right? And she got her <laughs> win. from the jury. It's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And like, yeah, no, I mean, they're that that's that's 
God, you know what I mean? And so that's ancient Greece. Right. Courtesans in ancient Rome had no such power. Mm. There was a lot more restriction on their freedom of movement and specifically their sort of like ascent into social circles. So it was actually illegal for it had Mark Anthony married this woman. He would have by default and by Roman law lost his rank. Oh, wow. Wow. But like also he would have lost his rank and like ancient Roman politicians or whatever and folks in the military would lose their rank if they ever performed on a stage. So like that association of like actress and sex work or like right. performer and, and you know, salaciousness or whatever right. goes way back. And ancient Roman mimes directly, you know, they're not they're not the mimes of today. They're not the silent kind. It's actually a, a predecessor to comedy more than comedy in the like the theater tradition which is like way stricter and scripted and had a lot more rules this was just like improv on current events which is right what you guys do <laughs> wow okay yeah so we are the courtesans uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah 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 Cores yeah. and gestures have occupied the same position the whole exactly. time exactly yeah. and we just yeah, yeah. and we just give our hot takes for casper mattresses we were all playing to the pleasure of the king are there cultures that like were less patriarchal and were more accepting of sex work than ancient rome like what what are some of the stuff that's impossible man no no, no, there's real history greatest hits because yeah i feel like we are in the roman tradition and like we assume that we are like progressive but we're actually compared to other cultures throughout history we kind of centuries behind yeah Yeah, i mean there's a lot of evidence about like different beliefs around like women and gender and bodies that provides like a way better foundation right in indigenous communities across north america there's also like in brazil and india there's a, a long tradition here ancient greece when you're talking about like the western tradition is sort of like like when my when my story of history, which is like way oversimplified, right? I do ten thousand years in seventy five minutes, right? right? Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of erasure and oversimplification that happens. But like I kind of pin ancient Greece as like the briny waters where like we see patriarchy, right? We start to do lineage through the dad, but goddesses that engage in the erotic arts still have real power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And we go through phases, right? Like the medieval period is like another upstart. Then you have like, you know, the witch burnings and you have like, you know, the d- the descent of disease. I, like, it's yeah. But this right. is my favorite topic. And I'll, you know, I, yeah, I will yeah. corner you at a no, party. I know. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's always frustrating when we have a guest on who, who's like, oh, the thing you talk about on your podcast is way more interesting than the news. We should just talk about that the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll try and fit in some news. But I want to keep talking about this. Uh, what is something you think is overrated, Kate? Oh, boy. I'm going to get a lot of haters for this Ooh. one, but I got to oh, do hey. it because it's seasonally appropriate. Um, I think Christmas music is wild overrated. And I think people who start listening to it like in mid-October, like that's a lot. It's a lot. I'm not saying all Christmas music is bad. I'm not saying Christmas music shouldn't be played during the Christmas season. But when there are like three radio stations dedicated to Christmas music, like Mm. November 1st, that is a little bit of overkill, guys, I would say. Yeah. It is really, mm. it's a strange phenomenon that like for a month, like that's how powerful Christmas is, is that for a month we all just listen to like mediocre music and it's like the same every year. And we're just yeah. like, yeah, but it, it is, I mean, it's all about nostalgia, right? So we're yeah. just, 
I think that's that's what's wild. Yeah, it's like it's an emotional safe space for a lot of American people. Like, Mm -hmm. but this time of year was great because in school would be out and I could stay home and there were gifts. And then I saw family and then I didn't have to go to school. And I feel like a lot of my because I'm one of these people like I will turn into a straight up Karen starting December 1st like I, I try and wait or maybe right after that's Thanksgiving. reasonable though yeah, like yeah. after Thanksgiving yeah. but the like people are listening to, to Christmas music in mid-October I'm just like that's a such cool. a long time and too much of a thing you like is bad like it will become meaningless because yeah. I only I really like you're saying there are only like 16 songs I really like and you will go through them like songs back then were like 90 seconds so you listen to all of them like 40 minutes you're like fuck man another round of that playlist yeah that's why i just jingle about rock again loop it again (laughs) the thing i do is i'll put on like piano covers like piano jazz covers of like uh christmas standards at night to make my house feel like a hotel lobby that i'm not supposed to be in Mm. yeah i like that do you have like some cinnamon like uh potpourri that you can put there. Oh yeah, you know, some, to... some some milling spices. You know what I mean. You got that milling spices. I got that. Mm-hmm. I have I have my Woodwick Yankee candles. You mm-hmm. know what I mean with that crackle yeah. and shit. I'm telling. I'm not joking about this. The vibe setting I do. Yeah, I'm some big austere glass, like non cheerful. I'm just trying to picture like a fancy hotel at Christmas. I feel like they have like it's a giant glass fucking christmas tree or something yeah a lot or it's of like, orbs many yeah. Orbs. orbs yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many orbs or like a like a gigantic what looks like a scientific glass flask which is meant to yeah. like evoke a christmas tree with like ribbon it's like very minimal it's very fancy i do feel like the early like the fact that christmas is getting earlier and earlier is probably connected to the overall like infantilization of america because like i hadn't really made the connection until like now I have a three-year-old who starts asking about Christmas in like August. And so I feel like it's just, yeah, yeah. Like it's, you know, kid, the the little baby and all of us being like, I want Christmas now. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, what, what am I going to deal with my 37-year-old reality? Right. Fuck exactly. That. I'm fucking nine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's it's go. Fun. I was just talking to my therapist about regression and the fact that like so many of us have regressed during the pandemic for better and worse. And Mm -hmm. like, I definitely think that's a huge part of the Christmas thing getting earlier and earlier. It's like the world is so bad. People are just looking for like little slivers of comfort and Christmas music is one of them. So I don't want to begrudge anybody's Christmas music listening. I just like maybe not (laughs) for you, but for you, fuck that. <laughs> I will say the real racket as a musician is like write that Christmas song as we've oh. seen with Mariah Carey. Like you'll be making bank for the rest of your life, as oh, will your grandchildren. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Can you imagine like the like you know like how Anderson Cooper is like a Vanderbilt, and like there's someone the equivalent of like Mariah Carey's descendants to like they descend from that all I want for Christmas money <laughs> generational wealth. Yes. That new money, yeah. yeah that- right. <laughs> <laughs> or who knows if they're smart about it. It's old money by the time it's like 2100. Oh, man. If the earth's around. What is something you think is underrated? All right. Underrated. Uh, this is I'm coming in hot with an underrated uh, uh, thing. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's properly rated. But I'm going underrated mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, I think, is the most uh, most underrated thing in the refrigerator. 
I was holding on to my butt with both hands. And <laughs> That's because you were doing you were doing your Ace Ventura asshole meal bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whole show, by the way, for people who can't see, I've been doing the whole show yeah. pretending to talk to my butt. butt. Yeah, it's yeah. worked pretty well. I actually got fooled right when I logged on, <laughs> yeah. especially when you did it, when you hit Dirt Daily Zeitgeist. That's just yeah, really yeah. yeah. And putting a putting a like what a range? really long beard on it was helpful. Oh, that's not. <laughs> Oh, it's not. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about Sorry, that. Man. Yeah, yeah. But you were saying mayo, mayonnaise, <laughs> mayonnaise. Where were we? My wife would would like physically fight you on this one. Like, she hates she mayonnaise. Trying. She don't like mayonnaise. Yeah. Ooh, she really. What's she? I feel like, like mayonnaise. Ma- but like mayo it. is mayo is like the base of all of so many great great dips. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and sauces and. You throw it in a pan when you're making a spaghetti sauce sometimes, and that, that'll that give it a little Ooh. bit of life. You know what I'm talking Wait, about? Wait, what? Yeah. That's a little hack I hadn't heard of. I'm throw sorry, some mayo in there. Yeah, throw I mean, some mayo. Throw, throw, some... throw some mayo in where, when, how, why? <laughs> 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 throw some mayo in when you're, making a little, when you're making a little sauce, man. Thicken it up. Give it some flavor. Wow. Yeah. Is this something you discovered, or this is something you read like on a... Like a like a Italian I think, recipe. I think hack. it was like we do like some Hello Fresh every now and again. Yeah. And they were like, here, put mayo in this and in this sauce and 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 like give you packets of mayo and like it actually came out really well. It came out okay. great. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You, you ever see like the how Disney makes their um grilled cheese? Oh, they slather they put, with mayo, right? They slather with mayo and fry oh, on yeah, both sides. That's how you get that color. Yeah, yeah. That's how you sure. get the color. Yeah, yeah. So that's in there, baby. I don't know. I feel I like also, have used mayo for uh, grilled cheese and it does work. Uh, oh yeah, that's the only way you get that color. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I used yeah. to do butter and I'd be like, "What the fuck?" It only gets to a certain point. And they're like, "No, it's the sugar and the mayonnaise that you need right. to caramelize, and then you get that mm. nice texture." And I'm like, "I didn't mm-hmm. know that." Mm. <laughs> I do like you yelling at butter though. <laughs> oh yeah, you should see me. What are you it's doing? It's a fucking <laughs> aggro nightmare, and I'm like throwing shit, getting mad at mayonnaise. But yeah, I love. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big Japanese QP mayonnaise fan. Yeah, that shit on fucking everything. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, I I get in some places where people get upset about mayonnaise. But at the end of the day, it's just like a fat delivery vehicle. Right. It's all the things you like anyway. Yeah. Eggs, olive oil, all that stuff. Right. But like, um, I feel like it takes a bad, a little bit of a bad, a bad rap. And I'm like a big mayo proponent. Well, I think if you're like if if you're putting mayo on everything like it's ranch, then sure. I think think (laughs) there's a thing with like you know mayo I, I i get to a certain point like it is necessary for a lot of things but then you do like i've i've re- reacted to seeing things where it's like just extreme amounts of mayonnaise being used for something that i didn't realize mayonnaise was in and i'm like eh, you know, yeah I that's fair really that's like fair that. but and it does i am italians uh please call in with your thoughts on mayonnaise for your uh sunday sauce <laughs> well not for the sunday sauce this is, a, this is, this is <laughs> not more of a wednesday not sauce, for the uh, sunday gravy in not, not, yeah, in the yeah. su- not in the gravy okay got but it, uh it. but if you're going a little outside the box yeah right. i don't know i really I, I feel like i need to just stand up for uh for the mayo people but i do agree with you it, it some people do that gross thing where it's like it's too much and it makes the noise and it doesn't it doesn't make an appealing noise in in a big bowl now no. if you're mixing right. it up yeah, yeah. really really frustrating do you fuck with a uh, mayo chup? Is that what we're calling it instead of oh, ketchup? Oh, salsa golf. Yeah, ketchup. Hey, ketchup. <laughs> yeah, fancy sauce. That's just fancy sauce, right? Yeah. That's the that's the Burger King uh, special sauce. Right. Uh, mayo and got ketchup. Their name. Yeah. Yeah, I love mayo and ketchup. Mayo and uh, Frank's hot sauce. That's good stuff. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That's a good dip. Okay. 
Oh, I just got to say, I was reading into this, the youth, the Netflix, you LA stuff. And yeah. I just love, okay. So <laughs> yeah. just to give you an idea of one of the things that like sort of pissed them off. It says it's love. That's one of the characters, right? Yeah. Uh, she's uh, the, the one that he like, I think he falls in love with or something. Okay. Who serves yeah. as Wait. Joe's guide to Los Angeles and who serves up that Jay gold line. She introduces him to the city via the search for his, quote, perfect bite, taking him on a tour of food trucks and strip malls. Okay, food uh -huh. got it. Then it's like stuff about like everyone's drinking green juices. Yes, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, look. we would never do that. <laughs> I, have, I have an empty green juice right next <laughs> we to We never do that because we keep our glasses <laughs> empty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's fine like that people do actually do it, but. I think at this point we need to have, have grown up and been like, that's just what happens. And it's no longer like, oh, oh, you guys like yeah. your juices green? Yeah, 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 of course. Right. Yeah. Mm, well, that. you know, if it's and if it's really behind, they're going to be like, hey, man, you want to go to a poke bar? I like that character. Hey, man, you want to yeah. go to a poke bar? Oh, man, this poke, that's a little bit of all right, man. <laughs> I'm from West Hollywood. Yeah. Where huh? they just, we have the highest minimum wage in the nation. There you go. They do. Uh, Shout out West Hollywood. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about what's happening in the news. And we're back. So the the big news in the mainstream media is people are more people are quitting than than ever before. There's more unemployed people than ever before. The great resignation is upon us. What what is happening? And so there's a couple things happening. One trend that people are kind of starting to document is that people seem, especially young people, seem less likely to just do a job because it's a job. They're more likely to kind of want to follow their passion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You, you highlighted this article for us, Miles, that where this like this study calls it uh, what I call the passion principle, the prioritization of fulfilling work, even at the expense of job security or a decent salary. So oh. they've like managed to you know, laboratoryize just people doing what they love. Yeah, not not mimicking like our parents or grandparents who are like, I worked myself into bone dust just to keep <laughs> things working. And you're like, I don't know if that's for me. But yeah, this is like, you know, again, that's not new. I think for the longest time, we've heard things like you got to follow your passion, man. If you if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And and, and that is true to a certain extent. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to indicate uh, through certain studies, like with interviewing college students or career coaches found that over 75% of college educated workers believe that passion is like really important in making a decision. Like when it comes to what, what kind of career should I take? And 67% of them say that they would prioritize meaningful work over job stability, high wages and work-life balance. And I think on a certain level that made sense for, I don't know, when I graduated in fucking 2007, I walked into a fucking recession and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, uh okay i don't know what the fuck i'm i thought i knew what i wanted to do but now i really have no fucking idea what i want to do and i think that forced me into a moment of truly thinking of like well right now not many things are an option so maybe let's take this time to figure out what is you know something that really energizes you and i think the idea 
being that like, if you, again, if you like what you do, then you won't feel like you're just, you know, going day in, day out and wasting parts of your life by just toiling. But the thing that's really interesting about that is that that idea of following your passion works to a certain extent, right? It's probably right. working for people who ha either have some family that they can support that can support them through a career transition, or just in general, if there are social safety nets. This was an interesting statistic that said when working class college graduates pursue their passion, they're about twice as likely as a wealth as wealthier passion seekers, interesting description, to later end up in unstable, low paid work far outside that passion. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of you know, social safety net, career things sort of tied up into everything that's happening at the moment. I also think there's collective trauma from the last couple of years. And people, I can't imagine that there weren't some people who were like, oh, I make a better living getting unemployment than I do doing this job. And now I'm going out and risking my life. And they don't care about me because I'm not worthy of health care. And so I can imagine that people had you know, the 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 facing your mortality the way we did in the yeah. last couple of years where people don't give enough credit for that people were probably like, yeah, I'm, I'm and it's and and it's not like coronavirus has disappeared. It's not like COVID is still not here. So I can't imagine that people knowing how many people passed away and it was just like a brush of this group of people that are just gone now that people are like reevaluating quality of life. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, I think like that kind of goes to the other point that they're making that, you know, in America, especially we tend to like the first thing people ask someone is like, what do you do? And then mm -hmm. like that defines like how you think of that person or it defines how you think of yourself. Like you feel a certain way about having a job or like talking to somebody and not feeling great about your job more than other countries. And so... I think that that's another implication of the study is that it's OK to not have a cool sounding job if you're able to, you know, have a good work life balance and yeah. take care of yourself and the people that you care about and then pursue the shit that you love. Like when your job that respects boundaries like allows you to. Yeah. You know, what? I just I had to say this because I is burning inside of me. I don't know where I was going to say it, but I need to say it. So there's okay. a shortage of Santa Claus, right? <laughs> there, there is a shortage of Santa Clauses throughout the country because the, the people who dress up like Santa Claus do not want to get COVID. They don't want little kids who are not vaccinated sitting on their laps, right? right? Mm. I thought it was because they don't want to get in trouble for, you know, other reasons, but it was <laughs> it was because of that. But I think it's interesting because a lot of the people who believe in Santa Claus that, you know, don't they want you to say Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays, tend to be affiliated with this ideology that COVID vaccinations are not necessary, that we shouldn't be wearing masks. But it's just a lot of it is performative because everybody is going to protect their own hide. And right. so now you got a whole bunch of Santa Clauses that are not dressing up and not going out because they don't want to get COVID. But I'm like, I thought COVID wasn't real, son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, well, huh. I, I, no, I mean, it is. It, uh, fuck, you're right. <laughs> it's real and I'm and I'm shook. That's why the, I want to do it. I do think, though, that like having a generation or just a populace like after the pandemic that is 
less likely to be interested in doing like kind of bone grinding miles as you put at work mm. and like soul deadening work like that is going to have a fundamental impact on like, like one of the big things that ties into job like satisfaction is like feeling like you're doing something and we talked last month about like studies that have shown that like you know up to like 40 to 40 percent to like most jobs in the american economy are just bullshit jobs that are like make work jobs that like allow people to have a job managing other people and that's like basically why those jobs exist like i've right. the longer i've spent working in the american economy the more i've realized that that seems to be at least half of jobs is just like bullshit make work jobs like a, yeah. in a lot of cases make yeah. other people rich jobs yeah, yeah. precisely yeah. And that's like the other thing that this article in the Atlantic points out, too, is like, you know, employers love when they can find people who say they love their job because that means they can they can squeeze more out of you. And that's sort right. of like they're like, dude. And that was sort of like the thrust of this is like, don't fall into this pit of like, I love my job because it's not all you're not always work. You're most of the time. I would say 99 percent of us aren't working for us. We're working to make someone else a lot of money. And like to the idea of like what it means to work and just like these bone grinding jobs. Like I even think about even guilt I would have about being like, is my job hard enough? You know, yeah. like, am I, am I, am I, am I, cause I look at the examples of jobs my family have, has had through the generations. And I'm like, dude, I bet my grandmother's fucking laughing at me. She's like, Oh, you a podcaster. <laughs> How far did you go to get water? And I'm like, what? It came out the sink. And there's a lot of, and I think there, again, because of the idea of your job being wrapped in your identity, it really is insidious, which is why, like, you know, people are pivoting to things like, actually, the things that matter to me isn't necessarily saying, I have, I do X for a living, rather than, I have a thing, look, I know I have to work, because that's how capitalism is, or else I will be homeless and starving. So let me find something that actually gives me the freedom to do the shit that I actually like to do. And I don't have to get too, so wrapped up in thinking my work has to be the thing that gives me everything that I want. Yeah, you hear these kids now, and which I respect, that they are calling out this toxic capitalism that's driving us into the ground. Yeah. You know, people were really weaponizing socialism and communism and those buzzwords to alarm people who are being you know, motivated emotionally and through their pain. And, you know, all of that stuff is being hijacked to serve a greater purpose to keep feeding this toxic capitalism that is running the world, not just America. And it's just interesting to see people now calling it what it is because the conversation had been framed so that if you called out capitalism at, as having toxic properties, that right. you were being anti-American. And now people are starting to say, oh man, like, this man made how much money during the pandemic? Because right. I didn't have any food in my house. Right. And I just think it's important. And I think it's admirable to hear people finally starting to say what the real, you know, where, where the real source is, because from that is where the white supremacy rains down on us and the patriarchy and the sexism and the religious oppression. And it is all a function of rich people getting richer at the expense of those who are willing to bleed for being a Republican, a Democrat, you know, working for this company or that company. Right. And now people are finally saying, yeah, nah, I'm good. Right. 
And to the point where, like you're saying, like in previous eras, it would be like, oh, you're a, what are you talking? What's all that shit you're talking? You're a socialist. And you're like, oh, no, no, I'm not a commie. You're a pinko. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, no. And right. now it's like, oh, you're a socialist. And now everybody's like, yeah. yeah. And what? <laughs> right. So. Yeah. I mean, we I want socialism yeah. to work for us, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like and, my and, senator's kids go to a good school. Right. right? Yeah. To us, too. I'm curious for you, like I like even in your special, right? You talked about how you you did a lot of political commentary and that and then you're like, mm, I don't know if that's for me. And I think especially for people who are in the arts performative, there's a definitely an evolution of thinking like, is this a job I want to have? Is this a job I can sustain my life with, sustain a family with? Is should I just take something that's more consistent? What sort of what was your sort of path through all of that to kind of arrive where you're at right now? So I'll be honest with you. I've never made any money for being an activist, right? So when right. people, it's a it's a thankless job, right? And it's not a job. It's just our civil duty as, you know, people who live on a planet with other people. I think it's just healthy to say, I care about you. And if you don't have food, that should matter to me because it just, I don't know. It's just, I guess, where the definition of humanity is for me. What I had to evolve to and learn in this business is that one, I have the privilege of doing it because I, I have a job in comedy that I do get paid for. And if I don't want to do this anymore, I can just go write my jokes. And But there are people on the ground who do this every single day, who fight for the planet, fight for you know racial justice and equity, that fight for the rights of women. And those people don't get a lot of followers on Instagram. You know what I mean? But if, if Kim Kardashian said, I'm going to help this lady get out of jail, everybody's like, oh my God. Amazing. Right, right. But there are people who are doing that every single day. That, that The people who actually helped Kim Kardashian accomplish that, that you that they get overshadowed. And so I didn't want to be a part of that because I feel like that's toxic too. Mm. So I decided that I was going to use my my whatever I have to shine a light on the people who do that because they need the support. They need the economic support and they need the moral support because it's a really hard job to fight for stuff. And that I would I would continue my advocacy and activism through my art. Mm -hmm. And so I'll write the jokes about this, but I am in no way equipped nor um, informed enough to talk about some of the things that people who this is their expertise. Right. And I just felt like I was in the way and I wanted to get out the way. The other thing is that people are exhausting, as I said in there. It's hard to fight for people that you hate. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I want to turn around. You know what I mean? Like, I right. was just like, I can't stand y'all. <laughs> like, you guys are the worst. You damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, if I say something is, uh, why are you saying something? Why are you talking for us? If I don't say anything, why are you not saying anything? Silent, yeah. So I just decided that I was going to redirect my energy and I was going to put it in my scripts and I'm going to put it in my writing. I'm going to put it in my jokes and the movies that I write and the TV shows that I make. I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to let those people who do what they do. And anytime I have any power or visibility, I'm going to shine a light on them. Yeah. And I could you could tell, and especially like in your special, I I really loved how you gave everyone a lower third. Like mm. no one was just anonymous or just a like a fig like back wallpaper or nothing. You're like, no, this is right. this with this person. This is the name of this group, even if they're performing on the street. Mm -hmm. uh, that was just a, you know, I, I'm, again, you could see that permeate through your work. So, yeah, that's really I appreciate dope. that you noticed that because that was something that I had to vo vocalize. I was like, you know, those people are important and yeah. uh, 
There, this is one. The people that look like this don't get to be on HBO Max or Netflix right. uh, with, with uh, frequency. Right. So that, this is their opportunity to shine. Give them a name. Yeah. Now yeah. you're platforming them. And now hundreds of thousands of people will see a name. And be like, oh, I thought that that group was fly. Let me look them up. And sure. yeah, but really commendable. Thank you. All right. Well, let's talk about schools. Let's talk about schools being unfair. Yeah. Speaking of that. Because, you know, in addition to pouring billions of dollars into the sweatpant industry, the pandemic <laughs> has changed a lot about how we think about schooling because parents had to <laughs> had to do it, had to, like, sit there with their kids while they were trying to learn. It was very difficult. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of 2020, there was an unprecedented rise in Fs, which, mm. you know, it feels it feels like that is one way to deal with like the fact that a complete act of God that nobody had any control over came in and made it much harder for kids to learn is to blame it on the kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, make the rest of their lives harder by just flunking them. But a bunch of school boards have been coming together to try to address this issue, figure out like how they can change how we think about schooling and, you know, how we uh, judge students in a way that will be more fair and more appropriate to the modern world. Right. Because apparently, like, the the letter grade thing was invented, like, 100 years ago, or, or I guess 120, dating back to 1897. And the reason that it stuck is because it became, like, v- very common in the how we graded meat. And so like, that's that's how it got like sort of oh, branded so grade on the culture. Beef grade A just beef became tran- such a wow. Put that yeah. over to grade A math skills, <laughs> right? What yeah, is grade I, F beef? That's my question. Like, oh, what that's is good oh. shit? Oh man, my grandfather used to tell a funny story as the parent of German immigrants who didn't speak a ton of English that a bunch of kids would just lie to their parents about what the grading scale meant. So it was like F was fine, D right. was damn fine, C was could do better, <laughs> B was bad, and A was awful, which I always <laughs> found so funny. I mean, you know, it has a certain por- sort of a sense to it, but kids won't be able to get away with that shit anymore, apparently. But I like the the things that they're you know looking to change are basically they want kids t- to be judged based on how ma- mastery of the skill they're trying to learn right so if they have learned it well enough to do it then they get by if they haven't done that then they have to keep going but like which I assumed is like how teachers were thinking about the letter grades too, right? Like that, oh, well, they haven't learned math, but they're pointing out that like there are stupid things that go into somebody failing, like, you know, missing a class or not following directions. And so they're trying to do away with that sort of thing. Right. I, yeah, go ahead. I mean, all, all that shit did for me was just obsess over being in the, like, scoring above 90% on tests because that was a threshold for an A. And half the time, it was just, I mean, it was funny too because I think the letter, I think because culturally I was so sort of oriented to be like, yo, these fucking A's better be hitting on this card when I see it. 
that like it put into me like, fuck, I got to do anything to get an A more than even being like, I got to do whatever it takes to learn this. I right. just became more about, yo, can I cramp memory recall the fuck out of this for a test? And also, truth be told, I hated science. I just started cheating in science because I was like, fuck that. I'm not fucking my grades up. Yeah. I'll fucking I will. I will order the teacher's edition of this physics book and do a, I have the test already. So <laughs> thank you. It's so real, though. It's like you're not learning things. You're just like, let me learn the structure of the eyeball for this biology quiz and then not retain a lick of it for any future sort of like things. Right. But guys, what about our permanent records? It's going to go in our permanent records. Yeah. These yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't even heard. Yo, you fucked me up just saying that out loud. This is going to be on your permanent record, y'all. Like, this I remember is going to go on your, your Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I never saw it. Did it exist? Okay. I asked my dad it? about this. He said you were full of shit. <laughs> and they're like, well, we'll talk about that at the parent-teacher conference. For any children listeners, like, not a day goes by where my permanent record from middle school is not dangled Haunting over my you. head yeah. by the police, by the banks. IRS, yeah. <laughs> banks. Employers, everything. The doctor. But yeah, so LA and San Diego Unified uh, School Districts are directing teachers to, and this sounds like what they should have already been doing, base academic grades on whether students have learned what was expected of them during a course and not penalize them for behavior, work habits, and missed deadlines. It's like, yeah, mm. motherfucker, that's, that's how we should have always been doing it because the school closures that happened disproportionately affected the grades of Black and Latinx students. So, right. yeah. Right. I mean, it's 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 interesting, too. Right. And I'm sure there's plenty of alternative schools that take this into account because I feel like that's just a huge focus area for people in education. But like, I think it's like the stakes are just so high, like they feel so high in this like A through F system that it will either create like kids will either very quickly be like, OK, fuck it. I can like rise to this situation or check out because it just becomes frustrating. You know, and even if they can, like I have so many friends who are more than capable of being in AP classes, but like the momentum of like academia and like being sort of told like you're kind of like a C student. It's yeah. like, nah, man, his parents were fighting all the time and he was distracted and couldn't do his fucking homework like other kids or whatever. Like that's sort of what's happening here. You yeah. know who's not going to like this? Hmm. Mainstream media. I feel no. like the mainstream media is a society of straight A students oh, who yeah. bought into that. Well, and a lot you know, of or a lot of F students going out and buy on nepotism. Right. right. <laughs> and, you know, who like actually think and I think a lot of, you know, just a lot of like the people in power in America will not like this because there is a belief that like, well, I went to a better college and that means not that I'm I had more opportunities, but that I'm like actually smarter and need to like be in control and like making these decisions that affect other people because I need to make them for them. Like mm -hmm. I, that is definitely un, like undergirding like a lot of how people think. And I think the media and the world of finance and like that's also how they justify just the generally fucked up way that our society is built out so right. like the idea that well, what do you mean i my kid can't get straight a's like that's 
but it's all this is a competition based market. I mean, society that we live in. (sighs) I'm glad we've like started having this conversation about gifted kids and like that whole escalator of madness. Like, I don't know if you guys like we talk too much about it on Twitter, I will say. And there have been too many things in the sort of like former gifted kids do this. But I don't know, like I myself and a lot of my friends, it's like, Yo, we've been grinding since we were five. Like, this is <laughs> right. not fun anymore. Like, I got all the A's. I did all the right stuff. Yep. I still can't buy a fucking house. Like, I am oh, taking yeah. a breather and smoking some weed. Like, yeah, I am go. not. Like, yeah. It's, right. I, I hope parents are, like, loosening the reins on some of that stuff, too, and realizing that, like, if every kid gets straight A's and every kid does all the right sort of, like, extracurriculars, like you're still in the same boat when things like COVID happen. So I don't know, Uh, but I, I can like see the Fox news segment on this. Now it's going to be like tied to the war on Christmas. It's like the war on report cards. Yeah. Woke woke report cards. Report cards are now woke because it's even now too hard to hear that you have failed at something. Yeah, Uh, sure. But I mean, I think it goes along with this other thing, too. Like this, these studies constantly come out like, again, they're showing like 43 percent of like Harvard, like white students that were admitted were like recruited athletes, legacy students or like on a dean's interest list, meaning like parents gave money. And you're saying 43 percent of those kids going to Harvard are there because of not I'm sure of like the hardcore merit based admissions that many of the other students face. But there's just always these levels to like. It's never the same scale applied to everyone. So it would be interesting to see where something where it's like, yeah, guess what? In this version, this kid, too, will be treated as a valid applicant to a school because we have a more just sort of holistic, even keeled way of saying like, yep, this kid knows it. This kid does, too. We are the best of the best of billionaire children. (laughs) (laughs) But so uh, there are reasons to believe that this is a better. For instance, there's a school in New York City that tried this, basically did away with letter grades. And it was a middle school. And they say in this Washington Post article, quote, the approach has been transformative in the 2013-14 school year. 7% of its students read at grade level and 5% met the state's math standards. Two years later, 29% were proficient in English, 26% proficient in math, pulling the school close to the city average just by getting rid of these standards of pass fail and like the i also feel like there's like there are a lot of great teachers like i i've had a lot of great teachers i've also seen teachers who feel empowered because they get to be like pass fail oh yeah. like pa- i get to pass judgment on these kids lives that was fucking miss hecox i still remember your ass <laughs> Don't think we forgot. Ms. Oh, but, I'll, but yeah, she tried. But guess what? I'm good at math. So there's you can't hold me down. <laughs> there are some teachers that are just like straight sadists. And, you know, to say not to malign the many, many wonderful, dedicated, like this is their life's work as teachers of the world. But you do think back on some of those teachers you had. You're like, what was your deal, man? Yeah. Like, what was going on here? Like, <laughs> right. I had this like older person just take all their like life's anger out on me. Like legit, yeah. when I look back and you kind of have the wherewithal to understand like human behavior a little bit more outside of like the academic or like child adult dynamic. I was like, yo, you were so fucking unhappy with your life. Yeah. And th- you just got your jollies off k- walking in here and just acting a fool. Like that was really, that was the loop you were caught in. And unfortunately we were calling you the teacher. 
Mm. Yeah. But again, like you're saying, I've luckily had so many good teachers that like could tell I was maybe like starting to check out or whatever. I was just distracted. I'd rather fuck around or something. And they would always come like kind of, you know, gas you up and be like, hey, man, you're smart. Like you can do this shit. Like mm. just do it. And I'm like, all right, fine. Well, and that's such a problem with like contemporary schooling too, is like we all have such specific ways of learning and retaining information and teachers have to figure out the 30 different styles of that for every kid in their class, every period. Teachers should be making like 500 grand a year. Um, Yeah. They should be the ballers of the earth. Like if you go to a nightclub and they're coming through a bottle service and the fucking flares, you're like, oh, you know, the teacher's in the building. There should be a bunch of ugly sweaters. At the booth that those oh yeah, at. <laughs> just like <laughs> sipping the crystal through yeah, straws, right. yeah. <laughs> like shout out to all the teachers in the building. We got two for one drinks for teachers. <laughs> like, oh, I like this club. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to find out why red wine is like weed. Seriously, you guys. And we're back. And let's see, Marjorie Taylor Greene has just been eating mask finds like they're, I don't know. What, what is Marjorie Taylor Greene? I feel like she's a heavy protein diet based on watching her yeah, workouts. She but, probably eats like cliff bars that she like dusts in protein dust. Yeah, yeah. But like she'll lick a protein bar and then like salt bay some protein, like whey protein <laughs> on right. it and then yeah. eat that. Yeah. yeah, that feels like what it is. So she's. The house's most outspoken anti-vaxxer, posting videos of her workouts to demonstrate her physical fitness or not knowing what a HIPAA violation is. She's, you know, just always disregarding health and safety. And like one, one of the ways she's doing that is just not giving a fuck about paying a, an anti-masker fine, or a no. uh, mask fine. She OK, so if you remember after January 6th, when a lot of members got COVID because they were in close spaces together and they were begging people to wear masks. They're like, fuck this. We're not fucking around anymore. It's a fine. You fuck around the first time it's 500. You want to go again. It's 2,500 for your second offense. And then everyone thereafter. So it's not, it's not cheap, but she's recently like, you know, she's also goes back and forth between this shit where she's like, don't ask me my vaccination status. It's a HIPAA violation yeah. to then saying literally this as a quote out loud, quote, I'm not vaccinated either and I won't be getting vaccinated. And that's my own personal choice. I support people that want the vaccine. If anybody wanted one, I would drive them to go get one because I support people's freedom to make their own decisions. No, you don't. And you've said a bunch of stuff that would make it seem like you were a fool to get a vaccination. The but workout thing, she was claiming that like by being in shape, she doesn't need to get the vaccine. Doesn't right? need it because I'm fucking ripped. I'm, right. I'm equipped and the and, and the you know, immune system is lit. And mm-hmm. so this is her sort of whole energy out there with just trying to under, underscore the fact that it's not necessary. Don't need it. No, thanks. Well, she just was asked recently, like, yo, what's up with these fines? Like, they're not cheap. She told a reporter at the Hill. She's like, yeah, I'm up to 63,000 now. That's OK. Just so you know, a, a member of the House makes 174,000 a year. So she's over a third. She's just kissed a third of her paycheck goodbye. And before you ask, the answer is yes. That shit comes straight out the paycheck. That's not mm. a thing where you get hit with a bill and you can just, you know, take it, send it to, you know, collections. They take it directly yeah. out of your paycheck. So that's money send gone. But to collections. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I bet part of her would be yeah. like, yeah, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah, come yeah, on. Man, I'm, I'm looking at money. your credit. I'm looking at your credit report, Marjorie, and I see. Uh, <laughs> I see you got the U.S. Congress on your uh, in your collections. How? <laughs> <Can> you, <laughs> you We're for fifty five percent. She's like, oh, man. but I mean, you that's know, where I'm like, well, I'm sure she has some cool dark money ways uh, that are totally above board oh, that sure. are helping offset that for oh, her course, to be the loudest person, just making a stand for stupidity. Here's the thing, too, man. I don't know where y'all from, but where I'm from, we don't respect <laughs> niggas who lose money. Mm. We don't. Yeah, like, like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's foolish. We, you know, like what the, you fucking up your money, bro. You like for what? For what? Yeah. Like you know, like even Kyrie, like for what, dude? For what? Like for a belief? You better for believe in getting this paper. Like what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> like, and I know like there's some progressives out there. Oh, it shouldn't be all about money. Get the fuck out of here. Like <laughs> we don't respect <laughs> us fucking up. Our money, you know, because we need fucking up your money is a crime in certain cultures. It's a crime. Fucking up your money or fucking ups. If someone says you fucking up my money, I would start running because that's a precursor to something you don't want to. And here's the thing: that has never been just a black and a white thing, or or rich or poor thing. Like everybody universally accepted, we don't fuck up our money. (laughs) That's been like a universally accepted thing, and like. There are not, and we've gotten to a place now where people are so into their, it's not even a belief system. That's the thing that's crazy. If it was a true belief system, then fine. I may not Mm. believe, I may not agree with your belief system. I may think is rooted in a whole bunch of problematic things, but a true belief system, whatever. This is out of spite. This is out of politics. This is out of just, I want to be on the opposing side of you. And you yeah. fucking up your money for that? For that? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Get but the that's fuck where out I think, of here, man. I, but I think that's where those dynamics aren't at play, right? Because if let's say she wasn't, she's really going to be like, I don't really need that paycheck. And I mean, I know she's wealthy. Daddy has a lot of money and that's she's comes from generation. She has like generational wealth to fall back on. But yeah, I yeah. mean, that's where like that's why I believe her calculus is a little bit different because there is the, on on some level, it's probably very lucrative for her to continue this because yeah. that is in service of, you know, that's another true. of uh a donor's agenda or just generally uh, like true. the the party, the 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 cultural tone of the Republican, which is like, yeah, yeah, great. That, that's great. And we'll figure out ways to get you money. You'll be OK. You'll make more money, in fact, by taking eating. Yeah. These fines. And it but drives yeah, home the point true. that laws that are enforced with fines are laws that don't apply to rich people. No. Like, yeah. Right. I know. I mean, that's yeah, I get I, that is it just something in my soul hurts when I hear somebody people, willingly. Yeah walking through a door and be like, well, just lost $2,500 today. Yeah, yeah. Like, that just hurts. Yeah. And maybe it's, maybe it's the poor black man in me, uh, you know, the, the old poor Chicago in me. But, because, uh, you know, niggas out here making money now. So, you yeah. know what I'm I've saying? Seen the chains. I I've can seen afford the chains. to lose, like, $200, you know what I'm saying, now, you know. But, <laughs> but even then, you're, like, sweating still, before you lose $200. you are like, Ugh. Right, I'm still, I clutch my, I clutch my invisible pearl saying that, right. man. Like, $200, and I ain't getting nothing for yeah. it. In the back of your mind, you're I'm like, you're not average. Let's be real. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever feel good to throw away $200. It's, it's wild. It's wild. But she's, she's wild. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
But that's what, have you seen her do pull-ups? That's what that is the definition yeah, of why. I mean, like is... whipping her like lower yeah. body, body whips. Yeah, body <laughs> whips to get your get to get your chin above the bar. Sure. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about Ridley Scott's interview on yesterday's trending. So go check that out. But I do have to follow through on the flight attendant reveal. Okay. Because, you know, people I tease it up top and just like a local news uh tease. It's wildly unsatisfying, but what we learn in this, one tone is a passenger hitting up a flight attendant. Oh, so boom, is yeah. somebody said, like, call attendant button on their yeah, seat? Okay. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. High we to know low that chime means one flight attendant is signaling another uh, or that the flight deck is trying to reach them. Oh, and then okay. three tones means an emergency. Oh, no. That's the one oh. you don't want to hear. Uh, ding, ding. That's okay. Damn, three tones usually is good too, man. On like game shows, you get three tones. That means you won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn. I. You know what? I I love this. I love this, and I also hate this too because you know my anxiety will be like, was that three tones? I know. Yo, yo, was that three tones? I, like that. I can see myself doing that if I was like in my feelings on the flight uh, one day, man. which I'm not scared to fly at all. But every once in a while. I'll be in the air, and every once in a while, this is rare, but I'll be in the air and I'll be like, if this plane went down, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we dead. Yeah. And that's like a good 10 minutes of anticipation of death. Yeah. Like yeah. that, <laughs> that sounds oh, awful. Yeah. I'll, I'll look around the fucking yeah. cabin and I'll start hearing Mad World playing. <laughs> and I'm just like looking at the other passengers. And I'm like, this is the memorial video when this should go down. Look, there was that little family right there. Right. Me. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is, is we're going to be on a t shirt. Have you heard too that flight attendants have their own secret code? Yeah. That they like when, when you're walking on a plane and they're greeting you or, or you're leaving and they're greeting you. Like if they like compliment you or something, it, it's not just a compliment. That's them telling other flight attendants around them that this in case of emergency this person looks like they can help us or some shit like that oh uh, have you have you ever heard that oh yeah like yeah. It, it, there was like sir yeah your they had like, like christmas hams right this way <laughs> i'm like oh thank you you're being really kind thank you so much just patting me on the back rubbing my shoulders like, all right yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah right how you doing you look like you look real happy today you doing p90x <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, I, I sit actually for nine hours a day straight. I'm more like human veal, if anything. It, yeah. What do you think it means so when I get on? They say nerd alert to each other. <laughs> is that <laughs> what, well? That means that means that if they need some, like if somebody passed out and they shit. need some science tips, you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? They yeah, need yeah. somebody like, yo, who know the periodic table on here? Right, right. <laughs> Quick, the plane's going down. <laughs> plane's going down. We need a periodic table. How many valence electrons does uranium have? <laughs> <laughs> right. So you, oh, that, that means you're a hero. Uh, That's a hero. You're a hero. Okay. Okay. They're going to cool, come cool. right to 33B and come right. grab you. Because we, we know Jack only sitting in the back of the plane. You know what I'm saying? Like, come right on, next Jack. to the Jack, bathrooms. I love that right smell. Next the, right oh, next to the bathrooms. Yeah. yeah. Give it to me. Needs I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm like 92 protons, 92 electrons. There was, come on. There was an article, this was a few years ago. I, first of all, let me just precursor this by saying I would sue the fuck out of Southwest if this ever happened on a plane with me. But there was a, an article where 
is funny too, where the pilot accidentally hit the we're going down button. Yeah. <laughs> set that over the fucking loudspeakers. Prepare <laughs> for crash emergency landing. Yeah, yeah. He accidentally hit it or some shit. And people <laughs> lost their fucking minds, bro. Because it was like a smooth flight or like it wasn't right. like yeah, ooh, yeah. turbulence. And it's yeah. like an automated yeah. message. <laughs> I I mean I guess so I guess it was even it, funny, I would like, think that that wouldn't be boom 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 hot shit mm, we're going <laughs> down down baby you're like oh what the fuck really hell yeah man Nelly I, look if Nelly played on my way down that I would be like you know yeah. what this is a life well lived and then you're like oh I know this shit's going down if they're playing now <laughs> if you're hearing right. this it's too <laughs> right. late right six, yeah. six, six. oh they only got black music for going down oh yeah we fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, it means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye. Bye.